I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello there. And you join us here today to find out what is the best things that happened this year in the watch world and what are the worst things too. If you're looking for the best watch, the worst watch, or something in between, you'll find all of them at watchfinder.com. Please click on the link in the description below. It really helps us out. Thank you. Tom, I don't think we're really in any place to judge the best and the worst of anything. So I think it's about time between the two of us, we acknowledged the lackings in our knowledge and brought in someone who really knows his stuff. Welcome again, Mr. Justin <laughs> Hast. How are you doing? Hey. <laughs> you good morning, Tom. Good morning, boys. I'm not sure about that intro. Crikey, Moses, what have I done to deserve that? But um, well, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure to get a second call up. It's not often you get a second call up for, for many things in life, but this is an absolute treat. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. You are always uh, a very welcome addition to any conversation, especially when it's to do with watches. Um, what's been going on? I understand you've got a little bookie work that's coming out. Actually, I won't say bookie because he's in trouble what's been going on i understand you've got a little uh, a watch annual coming out at the moment i've, I've got i've got a little what sorry um <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a book coming i've got a book coming out as you know we're in our fourth year where I, I still can't quite believe it actually we're in our fourth year of the watch annual now um very much a uh, a lockdown project that has has lived on and, and one that we thoroughly thoroughly enjoy putting together every year and one that we're incredibly grateful for all those that contribute to every year because ultimately we, we call it our book but it's absolutely not it's it's the community's book um and it is the best of the year's watches um and and really you know we just have to sift through the uh, the contributors but but ultimately it's the same watches that tend to pop up so we hope that out of the hundred watches in the book this year um we've pretty much got uh all of the best ones so it's been a great year it's been a great year it's been an interesting year in so many ways but it's been a great year it's been a colorful year um and more watches probably than ever before if you want to peruse over a hundred beautiful original images and some accompanying words you can pick the watch annual up in the description below with a discount you'll find the promo code there you'll also find links to all of justin's stuff go check them out it's all well worth your time so talking of things that happened this year some of the things were really good and some of them were questionable Justin, why don't you lead us off on our celebration and beration of the watch industry for this year? So let's kick off first with probably the biggest news that we've had from the watch world for, well, God, at least a decade. Um, and probably one that a lot of people who don't work in the industry or certainly work in retail uh, would, 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 would have seen coming. Um, but it was the Bucura acquisition. Uh, well, it was it was Rolex's acquisition of Bucura, um, the big retailer, predominantly in, in, in Europe, but, but also in the U.S., 
under other names. Um, and it was just an incredible, um, you know, out of the blue, almost as shocking as the emoji uh, watch from, from Rolex this year, the decision for them to go and buy a retailer for a brand that have for so long supported their retail network. Uh, along with Patek and been very loyal to that model as the others in the industry from other big groups have decided to create their own bricks and mortar. Next minute, you've got Rolex coming in and snapping up one of their biggest um, retailers and, 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 and in doing so, taking a slice of the um, of the retail business and the, the relationship with the client direct. So that was huge news. And I think Booker itself must have been um, over the moon because life as a retailer, as we know, is probably going to get more and more difficult. You know, that retailers have been under pressure it's a, it's a shame in many ways because they're the ones that supported a lot of these brands from AP to to, 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 to Rolex uh, over the years, made good money out of them as well. But suddenly things have changed and brands are taking back control and um, a lot of doors have been closed. A lot of Rolex and Patek doors have been closed and a lot of loyal retailers have suddenly found themselves under a lot of pressure because their businesses tend to be reliant on on, on Rolex and Patek. Um, so this was a this was a big one, and 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 just to mm-hmm. to, to, to 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 finalize the whole story, unfortunately this week, and we're talking just before the GPHG awards this week, um, but Mr. Booker himself unfortunately passed away um, in, in 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 his later years. He, I think he was mid eighties, but he's just passed away. So in many ways, he got to see the final story play out, which was probably quite 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 a nice way to go. Yeah, I understand that um, Bukhara and Rolex were were paired together from a from a very very young age, and um, I understood even I don't know if this is the right way around, but I think either Hans Wilsdorf apprenticed to the original Bukhara family, or the other way around. I can't remember which way it was, but they they were very very closely entwined. So uh, a, a fitting end for Mister Bukhara, I think. Talked about good things this year. I think a lot of good things came from Christopher Ward. Um, and I think this is a brand that's on a roll. So they've been on a roll ever since the Belcanto, where they set a precedent for just really, really high levels of, of finishing and intricacy and detail. But coupling that with um, hor- horology, basically, that, you know, this was a, a, an hour striker, you know, kind of, which is a, a very um, complicated thing to do. And they sold it for a very reasonable price. Um, and and I think since then, they've just been going from strength to strength. What they've been doing has just been amazing. We had the 12, which is the kind of the shiniest watch ever around was uh, <laughs> my quote that I offered, but they didn't use it. Um, and then and then just very recently, we've had the C1 moon phase from them, which is um, this adventurine beauty um, with this oversized moon on it, this moon face watch, which is just absolutely gorgeous. It's just like knockout after knockout from them. And, and, and we shall just continue to watch their career with great interest, I think. Agreed. So from one end of the scale, Tom, to the other, uh, I think H. Moser, similar kind of thing. And I like to call Christopher Ward a mini Moser because they're also, <laughs> both brands are approaching the conceptual uh, end of watchmaking very, very well. And I just, I just love the continuing efforts that Moser make. You might remember the tail end of last year, we had the Genesis, a 3D printed QR code watch that was linked to Bitcoin that everyone thought was a bit of a swing and a miss. But really the ethos there that I liked was that sometimes to swing for the fences, you are going to miss and it means they're really trying. And this year we have seen more of that. Collaborations with MBNF recently with the Pandemonium has just been an utter highlight for me. Like the the joy and the humour and also the, the beauty and the complication in that watch 
was just peak watchmaking in, in all the best positive ways. Unfortunately, as we'll learn, not everything to do with that watch has been quite so uh, joyous. Um, but the Moser aspect of it, they're just bringing on people, collectors, who are realising that watchmaking can actually be fun again and not just as a case of watching lines go up and down on graphs. And, and probably some of the most beautiful dials in the whole of the watch industry, no doubt, no doubt, those Fume enamel dials they make. And, and, and I would also say that every so often you see them pop up on the secondary market uh, and, and they are good value. They're good value versus uh, retail as well. They're not sort of crazy. They're not Jean uh, levels. They're not Debethune stuff. They're, they're much more approachable, I think. Yeah, they really are. It's a, it's a nice bridge between the... The stuff, the usual stuff, and then the crazy stuff. <laughs> right, gents, for me, next up, Chopin. Chopin, because Chopin are one of the few independent brands still out there. Um, and at Watchers and Wonders early this year, I was blown away by the LUC 1860. Um, that was a 36 millimeter uh, dress watch, but it, with a salmon dial, pink uh, copper dial, um, for around 20 grand with a micro rotor movement. Uh, Geneva, Penchant de Genève, um, Geneva Hallmarks, absolutely wonderful. In many ways, I thought they listened to the audience. They delivered the size that I think a lot of their collectors appreciated or were looking for, harking back to the sort of 1996-97 original LUC where they developed that in-house caliber themselves. Carl Frederick Schuffle developed himself, which was a big call at the time. Uh, and I just think they're underrated. I think in so many ways, Chopin, people need to, to, to take note of Chopin a little bit more. They're not... Uh, just a jewellery brand like um, others like Bulgari have been uh, and Cartier have been, uh, uh, you know, tarnished with reputationally. But now we're starting to see that really change. And I think Chopin are going to be the next uh, uh, to, to really um, continue to drive that, that theme forward. So loving Chopin at the minute, loving that watch. Definitely underrated. Absolutely. Tom? Yeah, another another winner this year, I think, for me was Tudor. Um uh, I just think they're just still kind of keeping it real. <laughs> um, I mean, they've got a load of black bays with numbers uh, next to them um, that sometimes mean an important year, sometimes mean a diameter, um, but they're all dynamite. And I just think what they did this year with the 54, which um, was revealed at Watches and Wonders, is just um, a beautiful watch, really refined, you know, really the, the essence of kind of like a vintage diver. Um and I, I just think they're just listening to the community and, and, and producing watches that people want um, for prices that, you know, are, are relatively attainable. Um, they've got that shiny new manufacturer as well, which I think is going to definitely help them going into the future, you know, improve their quality, their volume and things like that. And I think we're going to continue to see exciting things from them. Um, so, yeah, Tudor, always everyone's favourite, Tudor. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I totally agree with you. And I think bang for buck, you can't beat it. But I wish they would change that really cheesy American accent that they put over the adverts now. That, <laughs> that kills me. That kills me. And all Americans will cringe as well hearing it. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the thing I look forward to the most when they release a new watch. I can't wait to hear that guy. <laughs> Tom does a great impression, if you'd be so willing to oblige. What, what does he say? Um, choose diagonal. If that's what you're feeling like, Tudor, born to dare. 
Another winner for me this year absolutely has to be the Facebook group that decided to go rogue. This is the Lyric Etude, which is a watch that was put together by 50 or so people in a Facebook group who decided they didn't want to pay £20,000 plus for a watch anymore. And so they went to a bunch of individual suppliers like Agenhor for the movement, Metalem for the dial, Feidler for the hands. So they gathered up all these great suppliers and had a watch made effectively at cost. And so instead of costing them something like twenty thousand pounds dollars whatever it was less than 10 and it's a beautiful beautiful piece the most surprising thing about it is they built it by committee and it didn't come out horrible which really is a testament to bill sander's ability to lead the troops um i i very much am intrigued by this method of building watches for cheap I wish I was part of that group, and I understand they've had a lot of interest for future uh, variations of that model and upcoming models too. So congratulations to them. You've got what you wanted. I think you and I should try something similar, but using people on Fiverr and see how far we get with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be brilliant. Go on, Justin, your last winner of the year. My last one, it's got to be the hottest independent watchmaker in the world and, and one of the nicest guys in the watch world with an incredible story of how he came to be. Rexep, Rexepi. I'm sure people will comment as to whether that's pronounced correctly or not. Um, but the man came over to, 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 to Switzerland, as I understand it, as, 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 a, as a refugee, really, um, you know, and, and, and worked his way into the Patek process of watchmaking uh, through the, um, the academy there, the, the watchmaking school, um, and then set up his own brand. And, you know, he's just been going from strength to strength. The highlight being in May 2023, earlier this year, at Philips, he sold his chronomet uh, contemporaine. Uh, again, the, the, the accent may not work, um, but not for <laughs> 925,000 US dollars. Um, and, 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 and that's a watch that probably, I'm not entirely sure what the retail is, but somewhere around 60, 50, 60, 70,000 Swiss, uh, just shy of a million US dollars. And, and, and I appreciate there's a little bit of funny business always at auctions. There always is. And bearing in mind, he makes maybe 12, you know, ish watches, 15 watches, maybe a year. Um, and those owners of those watches all have an interest in these things doing very well, as well as the investors in him and, and the business and other things. So there's lots of things at play, but the bottom line is the man's a lovely guy. Um, his watch went for a mad amount of money, but it was the first watch from him to ever go to, 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 to sell it in the public domain. Um, and the watch is drop dead gorgeous. For me, it would be the, the, the white uh, metal uh, case with the, the white dial and the blue accents. Um, wow, just absolutely spectacular. The movement is something else as well. And I believe he's just done a collaboration with Louis, Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. Yeah, absolutely. Which for the first time ever, they have melded their brand logo with someone else, which is a for anyone who's involved in marketing and branding, like that's a big step. And so congratulations to him for being involved in that. Yeah, I want that watch for the, the trunk that comes with it, which is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that was about all that Louis Vuitton brought to the table, no, was the trunk. But it was very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit like uh, your school project, isn't it? Where everyone does a load of work and then at the last minute you just like add your name to it. Yeah, I'll do the poster. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom, your last winner of the year, if you please. Cool, yeah. So um, from one um, independent watchmaker with a, with a uh, meteoric rise uh, and also a lovely guy to another. Um, this is uh, Studio Wonder Dog. Richard Bentz, having left uh, Braun in 2020, I believe, and 
Um, getting bored over lockdown created one of the most um, memorable watches of that year, I think. The success of the Series 1 chronograph, the Watermelon Watch, which was the halo piece of this series. And now he's done it again this year um, with uh, the Series 2 Field. And again, it's four watches in the series. But again, it's this, this halo piece that's just fun and different. And he's just bringing a lot of this vibrancy and, and playfulness into the industry again. And... Um, if if you know he could have just teased it out by saying pink lemonade and I would have thrown my money at my computer screen, um, but yeah, it's this beautiful field watch um, the, with the pink lemonade uh, dial, so it's a, a gradation from pink to yellow. Um, it's full loom, and apparently that's a bit of a feat to actually do that, and I used to keep it a secret of how they actually managed it. Um, you've got the lovely um, depth to it with the floating dials on a sapphire disc, and then um, the kicker of a nice embossed jellyfish on the back. And, um, yeah, I just think uh, this is an another brand that just seems to be just on a roll and um, another one just to keep an eye on, and, and really exciting and fun uh, to see what they're up to. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. What a nice guy as well. What a lovely, lovely bloke. Um, lovely to support him. He's he's almost too nice for business. I don't know how he can possibly be successful and be that nice, but he's managed it. One of my favourite bits was his website. I don't know if he's changed it now, but in, on his website, because it was just him, he'd have six or seven in the about section or the people section. It would be a photo of him and the different operations director, CEO, designer. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Also, I don't know if I imagined this, but did he have an employee of the month section at one time or another? <laughs> <laughs> Which is also just him. I can't remember. Brilliant. To, to wrap up the best of 2023, I'm going to not include a, a watch brand per se, but I'm going to include all of us because there have been so many awesome independent micro brands coming out um, at very, very affordable prices, that it means that there are more and more great watches to be had um, by everyone. So where some of the negativity might surround this idea that you just can't buy Rolex anymore, you just can't get the watches that you want, actually that's been backfilled by a load of really, really cool brands, some of which we've we've mentioned here today. But overall, I think these, the space is more exciting than it's ever been. And the, uh, the ability of the internet to bring people together to find a niche audience for their really cool product has meant that um, young watchmakers and people with really bright ideas can actually get a leg up against the big boys and start to make a name. Who would have thought that we'd be sat in a group together talking about watches for a few hundred pounds made by some guy from Brighton um, alongside some crazy, crazy auction pieces? So I think we all win in a way which is really good, and I hope to see much more of that. But of course, we have to talk about The Bad, because it gives us a great title. Justin, why don't you lead us <laughs> off with one of the worst things yeah. that's happened in 2023? <laughs> yeah, no, Andrew, and, and going from you know your your point there about some of the challenges as lovers, watch lovers and collectors, is that you, sometimes you get, you get, you're made to feel, um, you know, not worthy or, or, or otherwise by some brands. And I'm not suggesting that my first loser of 2023 makes people feel like that, but they are a, a victim of their own success. And it is Audemars Piguet, AP, because they have had an amazing few years commercially and emotionally, spiritually, and, and all, all the other. And, and, and it's just that they are 
they they are number one they're losing their ceo so mr benemias who's a sort of a, a marmite figure but he's been hugely successful in converting the brand from um you know in a sort of more insular um uh, brand for collectors to a very much a sort of cultural brand so really broadening their reach to, to new audiences um but as a result of that they've created um a very difficult environment to, to sell in because people can't buy their watches and that creates uh, a, a, you know a, a negative taste in the mouth and that is very challenging so the new ceo is a, is, a, is a woman coming in who's had experience in different worlds um and she's coming in and she's got a huge challenge i think to expand on the royal oak and the reliance on the royal oak which you can only go so far with it and and i think they're trying their best through the code range that they're, they're trying um to, to, to broaden things and even speak to, to more women because i think that's where the big opportunity may lie for them but anyway it's it's going to be a really tough year moving forward, I think, for AP to continue to, to be as strong as it has been. Um, and for those reasons, 2023, I think, has been tough uh, for them as a brand. Mm. Right now, where we're seeing lots of other brands starting to level out in terms of resale values, AP is still trickling downwards because all the eggs are in the Royal Oak basket. Mm. Tricky. Moving on then to a watch everyone loves to hate, uh, the Moonswatch and the continuing Moonswatch debacle. So it started out like such a fun, promising idea and then slowly trickled into um, just, I don't know, a little bit cynical. Um, so we, this year we had the um, Mission to Moonshine watch. Um, so on certain full moons in certain cities, you could pick up a Moonswatch with a, with a Moonshine gold chronograph hand um and people kind of felt like that was a little bit low effort um for the amount of effort that you had to go to get one um so yeah um moon swatch still failing to kind of um capture people's hearts i think a little bit um as that as that continues to trundle on indeed what a what a journey it has been it's given us plenty to talk about but not a whole lot to actually purchase <laughs> yeah will it will it will it continue into 2024 that's the big question and and with who um, that's that's what i'm excited about <laughs> yeah the biggest loser for me this year and i say this with a, a mild aspect of glee are the rolex speculators because they had a great year. They were buying and selling Rolex watches, flipping them, turning them over, making a load of money. But this year, they've not been quite so fortunate. And that means that people who actually want Rolexes, there's a little bit more wiggle room for them there. Not a huge amount, but a little bit. Um, but there is no more room for people who just want to buy a bunch of them just to immediately flip them. That's that's not really so much of a thing. There's still money to be made in them, but it's not quite the immediate gold rush um, and so we've seen a cooling down on that sort of thing, which means we're starting to see a settling of prices, which means we're starting to see prices in the used market closer to RRP, which means there are more choices for people, which means more stability. And I think we'll all agree that stability is a good thing for everyone, ultimately. Um, if you invest in a Rolex, uh, whether it is at RRP or pre-owned, you kind of want to spend that money knowing that in five to ten years time, if you do want to sell it, you can at least break even or get a little bit extra out of it. And that's, that, I think, is a sweet spot to be in. And this year has been a move from the craziness to some of that ah, stability. 
Entirely agree there, Andrew. And I think the, the nice thing, just broadening it from Rolex as well, is that suddenly as lovers, as watch lovers, you can you can find really great stuff that isn't as wild. But, you know, in the last two years, we've seen prices get to a point that just made you feel like, oh, God, who's buying this stuff? And I'll never be able to buy it. <laughs> but suddenly it's like, wow, there are things out there that are coming through. And it's like, oh, that, that feels more approachable it's not it's no it's it's not retail price it's well under retail it's it's an unusual watch from a few years ago it's from a brand that maybe no one really looks at anymore i personally get a real kick out of that so i'm, I'm excited for all the collectors out there to, to benefit from what you've just um, said absolutely tom i was gonna i was gonna follow up I, actually i've had a quick shift i've had a, 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 a in the moment shift because you were commenting <laughs> on the moon swatch I was going to comment on the, on, on Blancpain actually yeah. being a loser for 2023 and, and their collaborative effort there. But actually, it made me think, you've, you've, you've kind of touched on that. And, and I think there's another member of the Swatch Group family that probably does deserve a mention in this category. And right. I say this because I want more from them, not because I dislike them or anything. Uh, and and, and the, this is coming from a place of love. It's like when you're breaking up. It's like, I still love you. Yeah. It's on me. It's not on you. It's it, we, we can be friends. Um, you know, but, but this is for this is for Breguet. This is for Breguet because I would love to get my, my teeth into Breguet in some capacity if I were ever allowed to in their marketing department because and product development because they're one of the brands that have this incredible history and they seemingly do very, very little to honor that. And I think if they took 2024 as an opportunity to really speak to their collector community out there and really go back to its roots because the man invented so many parts of watch the watch world that we know and love today technically emotionally and spiritually to think that they produce uh, or to think that they're not part of the conversation that's the point they're not part of the conversation and they should and they should be mm -hmm. their prices are insane on the second secondary market someone needs to grab them by the the, the, the scruff of the neck so that's a loser for me for 2023 Breguet. Do you think um, Swatch and their their collab uh, will set their sights on Breguet next? It, having it would be terminal. It would be terminal for all involved in my mind if they did. It really would. Really, you don't think it'll be a shot in the arm for Breguet that they need? No, no, I don't think it would be because Breguet needs to be treated delicately. It's yeah. a different beast, you know. But Blancpain is something that's difficult to quantify at times. Um, yeah. You know, um, Omega is is clearer, and that really worked. And sometimes when things work, just let them work and move on. I, I think if they had moved on, it would have been the ultimate player move, is to have never talked about this uh, uh, project ever again, and just left yeah. it to be one of the greatest hits ever. But yeah. I think Breguet is like is like Vacheron, it's like F. P. Jean, it's like Langer. They need to be treated really delicately, and, yeah. and you can't you can't <laughs> around with them. Yeah, please don't, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> gonna slightly contradict andrew here on his last one but uh, i was gonna say one of the the bad things about this year was the people who genuinely want to buy rolex and even though we are seeing sort of some stability and those exhibition only plaques being removed from windows uh in boutiques i think it's still still a bit of a tough time for people that that want to get their their hands on rolexes i think there's still a lot of poor souls on waiting lists um with no end in sight and um yeah so that was one of my things that the continued kind of stress that goes along with with trying to get uh new rolex those new models and things like that yeah i i want i want Celebration and clown balls for all is what I want, but um, we're not quite there yet, and uh, that's that's like, still still kind of a a, a bad a, a bit of a low for the year for me. I think a big loser for me this year are, despite their enormous success, some of these independents really because they are 
in many cases heavily reliant on supply chains as a lot of retailers are the whole story of in-house is is a half truth there are many many small suppliers that make lots of very specialist components for lots of different manufacturers around the world and those suppliers have struggled because there's been increased demand in watches and so there have been more orders materials uh, supply and prices have been going massively up so they've been struggling to actually supply those orders and then for the independents they are the last in the queue for any of those parts and so if a big manufacturer is ordering parts at a greater volume those will always be made first if they up that the little guy keeps getting pushed back. So it's been really challenging for a lot of them who have generated enormous uh, interest and success in models they've created to actually supply the things to people. So um, they they have borne the brunt of, of those supply chain issues. I mean, fingers crossed overall, it's a net positive for the industry, this, this sense of uh, excitement for this product. But at some point, people are going to start questioning, where is the watch that I ordered? And they can only say so many times, well, there's a queue at the supply chain and John's got the cogs and Stephen's got the springs and they're in Bill's house <laughs> and and all of that. So it's, it's yeah. kind of a bittersweet year, really, for the independents. And this is the negative side of it for them. Final one. You know what? And it's funny you say industry, because for me, the final point is that the optics this year have been really challenging for the watch industry at large. For those that keep a close eye on it, and and I love the optics word because it's like a, a politics uh, <laughs> you know thing which people use when they want to sound fancy about how people view certain things or people. But the, the problem this year we've had is we've had one major incident at. Oh, I mean, there's been many major incidents. One major incident at Philips which will end up being a Netflix documentary at some point about the Speedmaster that never was, that was an in-house job um, that many people made many, many, many millions uh, from. And and that that's really negative for us all because that's the sort of thing that gets written about in the New York Times and, and, and all these big publications around the world. And people view that as a, as a, as a red flag for the watch industry, particularly the sort of vintage stuff, which is, is really negative. Um, and then, and then, of course, we've got just the most recent um, uh, piece of terrible news about about the auction, the only watch auction, um, which had all the right intentions, I believe, initially, and and and, and may well still do have the right intentions. Um, which, for those who don't know, it was an annual it's it's an annual auction where big brands contribute a single watch that's a piece unique, where all of the um, proceeds go to muscular dystrophy, including the money from the auction house and and, and otherwise. And they've raised, I think, a hundred million dollars uh, in total throughout these years, almost a decade of doing it now, I think. Um, but AP pulled out. It was it was a community driven question from social media that that put pressure onto the group that organised the event uh, to ask where is the money actually gone, and they didn't adequately show that. Now I really hope for everybody's sake that next year they're able to show very clearly where the money's gone, but these things don't leave a, a, a positive um, you know taste in the mouth in many ways. So that's an additional final kicker of the year that's made things in the watch world look from the outside at least, a little bit uh, negative when it need not be. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't like the crossover of the watch industry into the art world where there is a huge amount of scandal um, around money mm. and the placement of money. I would very much like to see the watch industry keep its hands clean of that. We'll have to, um, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But yeah, sad mm. times. 
was somebody uh, now who probably was a winner in previous years i'm now putting on the naughty list and that's tso previously the the prx was a bit of a darling um everyone loved that that 70s integrated style but now um i think people are kind of tiring of it a little bit and then uh they're trying to milk this prx for all it's worth and they came out with this kind of awful gaudy digital version um so yeah not uh not um, not a hot year for Tiso in my eyes. Um, it, it, it pains me to say it because because um, of all the the lovely work they've been doing. But um, yeah, kind of a swing and a miss from them, I think. That digital thing is ugly. I really want to like it, but it's it's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, to wrap that up, my biggest loser for the year, unfortunately to say, is me. Because whilst I have been continuing to try and uh, repatriotize Rolex into my collection, I have failed. Um, be it through funds, effort, or uh, relationships with ADs, my collection still goes without a Rolex and has done for many, many years. Um, and the reason I feel especially like a loser is because my wife's collection has one Rolex in it. So uh, I'm, I'm really, really letting the side down <laughs> when it comes to Rolex. And I continue to... I try my very best to seem like I don't care about Rolex, but I do and I don't have one. So I, I lose I lose full time. 24 carat. <laughs> yeah. In 2023, you remain a loser. <laughs> oh, maybe next year. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there you go, dear viewer and listener. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining us. We really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on all this stuff. Tom, you are also here. And uh, if you want to pick up the watch annual, you can do. There is a link in the description below and a juicy, juicy discount code too. So buy one for yourself, buy one for all your friends, buy one for your dog. You know, it's all good. Thank you, guys. God, what, what great fun. And I'm looking forward to the comments below because no doubt some of those will be trigger points. So it's um, yeah. the, good, the, the winners and the losers of the year. So thank you so much, guys. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Put down in the comments your winners and losers. Thank you so much for watching and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 